qualcosa che è veramente sempre irrepetibile e sempre più meraviglioso. Cioè un traguardo stupendo, un traguardo che questa squadra ha voluto dal primo giorno e lo merita. Hello everybody, welcome to the Teams of Our Lives with me, Marcus Speller, and him, Andy Brasson. Hello. Good to be back here, Andy. It's been a whole week since we did one of these, and I always look forward to them. I've been counting the days. Yeah. How many days has it been? Seven? Mm-hmm. Gentlemen. I thought that was a trick question that gentlemen I was going to miserably. <laughs> gentlemen and ladies of the Patreon, it's good to have you with us. Today, we are going to be talking about Giovanni Trapattoni's Serie A title-winning Inter from 1988-89. Woo. Yeah. When, Woo. When, when, you, when I started saying that and I said Giovanni Trapattoni's, did you think I was going to say Ireland? Yeah, I did. <laughs> no, it's uh, reaches I, for notes. <laughs> Trapattoni, what a man! What a man! And what a side they were. This side set a Serie A points total record with 58 points. That was when it was two points for a win and a 34 game season. Important to note those two things, everybody. You're <laughs> thinking 58 points that's what mid table, isn't it? <laughs> no, two points for a win and, and obviously a 38 game, 34 uh, game season. They only lost two games all season, they're top scorers. And had the best defensive record, which isn't too shabby at all. And they scored 67 goals in those 34 games. People think, you know, Serie A, especially back in those sides, low scoring. Some people might say, yeah, but it wasn't as much as the swashbuckling Jurgen Klopp Liverpool or something. But still, you know, 67 goals in 34 games, not too shabby at all, I would say. And as I say, top scorers in the league uh, that season. Inter hadn't won the league for eight seasons going into this one, but Inter had brought in Old Trap to bring the title back to Inter, um, having gone a few years without it. And one can forget what an incredible career Trapattoni had. I mean, he had a distinguished playing career, but as a manager, he is spoken about as one of Italy's finest, one of Europe's finest. You can even say one of the finest managers in world football, Andy. Yeah, and I think that's quite right. Um, he's someone who had an incredible career as a as a player in the first place with 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 Milan. Yeah, AC uh, Milan player, but more sim- um, synonymous as a manager with Juventus, of course, than Inter. Yeah, which is is is, is funny, really, because of course that you had that you had that decade uh, at Juventus oh. before he came to Inter, and you cannot really put into words how difficult it is to win the title with Inter. Mm. You know. Uh, At Juventus, he won literally everything. Yes. And then did it again. And... We didn't win the, the, the European Cup with Inter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, you're right. He he cleaned up with Inter, yeah. But I, I think if you... If, if you look at Inter's history from the Grande Inter of mm. the 60s mm. onwards, and we're talking about... Sandro Mazzola, Luis Suarez, not that one. Yeah. Um, th- th- then it, it's, there's, a, there's a lot of dryness. Like after those European Cup wins of yeah. 60, 64 and A couple 65. of league titles, but it's a bit few and far between yeah. considering how incredible that because the, uh, period under, under, under Elenio Herrera, Herrera that they're, they're at a pinnacle. Yeah. And then from there... And a very, uh, sorry, the, a very, um, uh, what's the word? Influential side with the tactics, Catanacho and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you think they're going to be at the top for a while? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that they, they have a way of winning. Mm. Uh, and then you go to, by the time they win the title in 89, well, there's a second part to that, but 
but the first part to to recognize is the fact that it was nine years since they'd last won the title mm. and then go back to that title it's another that was their first title in nine years as well so yeah. you, you know it's it's been a pretty lean spell for a club of this sort of side that look, size that looked like it was set to to dominate the second part of that is the context of Italian football at the time mm. um, where you'd had Napoli win it Maradona's Napoli and they came out of nowhere uh, yeah and well, they they built up to it well okay but 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 still is it another team to it was, beat it, yeah it was it was their first title and it's it's extraordinary really when you you look at the, the, the quality that was at the top of this league at the time I find it hard to think of any leagues really mm-hmm. that were as stacked in terms of title contenders mm-hmm. as Serie A in this bit where you get to the end of the 80s and the start of the, the 90s. It's, it's, it's remarkable. And so for Inter to come out of somewhere and win it, and of course they made big signings at, 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 at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. You, you think of them getting Mateus in, Andy Bremer. But still, you go forwards with Inter I spent loads of money on players. It never works. Yeah. It absolutely never works. Mm. You know, it's the, the Moratti money drain. But this season, it all went right in pretty spectacular fashion. It did. And yeah, I, it's funny when you, you remind me of that period in, in Serie A because you've got Saki's Milan sort of come along as well. And you could argue that, that his style of play, Saki's Milan, which of course we've talked about before on mm. teams of our lives, then kind of sort of begins to take over from Trapattoni's style. Mm. Now, Trapattoni, it's, it's hard to sort of uh, uh, pin down sometimes, you know, the sort of zona mista, as it was called, that kind of style of playing. It was like he brought Catanaccio into the sort of modern era. He demanded yeah. a lot from his players, but they bought into it and apparently great man manager as well. Yeah. Very affable um um, you know, in 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 front of the cameras and and with the press, he was very charismatic, and 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 they and they liked him. I mean, he had a sort of interesting turn of phrase sometimes, and sometimes when he was speaking local languages in other countries, you know, he would sort of it would add to his charm that it wouldn't it would sort of translate, but you wouldn't Some get famous moments in Munich and Dublin. Yes, yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't say cat until you've got it in the bag, and all this sort of stuff. You know, <laughs> these sort of so very very likable chap. And obviously, you know, very, very sort of tactically uh, aware. Um, he said of his managerial style, um, our football is prose, not poetry, which I quite <laughs> like as well. But, uh, you know, w- with that sort of zone of mister system, as, as some people sort of refer to it, as it had elements of man marking and zonal marking as well. There's no doubt he was a tactical genius, mm. you, you would say. Absolutely. Um, and as I said, you know, Saki's Milan. Was, we remember Saki's Milan and we talk about Saki's Milan and rightly so. Sometimes I think Trapattoni with his Juventus and Intersides, they it's a little bit forgotten about. Just Maybe just because it's that little bit further away. And of course, with in this country, I'm talking about in this country, of course, mm. can't talk about um, what, what other countries and certainly Italy think. But of course, with Channel 4 and Italian football and all that kind of stuff, you know, Milan with a big side and so on. So you don't have to go that far back to find this sort of tactical revolution, if you like, with, with Saki. But I think sometimes that's why Trapattoni and, and, and his teams are, are missed. I mean, they, they, were, they were solid um, and they didn't mind deploying the dark arts. 
Trapattoni's no, into. No, but 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 you you look at the players they've got. Well, exactly. When you when you look at the players, you're, you're absolutely right. The two Giuseppe's at the back, Baresi and Bergami. I often forget about Franco's older mm. brother, Baresi. He was a fine player himself. Yeah. Both were into stalwarts. Again, I've sort of I don't know why I forget that you've got Franco Baresi and AC Milan stalwart, and then his brother played for Inter, of course. Mm. Very distinguished careers, as as everybody knows. Um, but Bergami, um, one of the, Italy's best ever defenders. Yeah, and uh, Walter Zenger in goal as, as, Zenger as, as goal. well. But on Bergami, this is what I mean, 12 sendings off in his career. And bearing in mind, it was harder to get yourself set up back <laughs> in those days. Um, he was you, called... you reckon that's like 26 in new money? <laughs> Maybe, it's Ramos-esque, certainly. Yeah. I, his, his nickname is, is brilliant because of his bushy eyebrows and his moustache when he was younger. He was called The Uncle. <laughs> which is which is which is excellent, but yeah, you've got those two um, at the back. Bremer comes in, who would go on to be a World Cup winner, score the winning goal in the final. Funnily enough, the most expensive signing mm. they made leading into the 88-89 season though was Nicola Berti, and who from, was very crucial from Fiorentina. Yeah, him and Lothar Mateus in the centre of the park. Yeah, now I know Berti he popped up at Spurs years later, and it was sort of fairly underwhelming for whatever reason but a very solid player in there. And Matthias Andy, around this time, again, would go on to win the World Cup, of course. I often think, when you think energetic, machine-like midfielders who have got class, creativity, can score goals, I think of Lothar Matthias. I think there's, there's the, 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 the child in me who grew up watching Italian 90 and, and all that kind of stuff, I still think he's one of the best midfielders I've ever seen, and he is just I, I like agree. he's just unbreakable, unbeatable. And I, I, I think like those those adjectives are really interesting, actually, adjectives to describe him, because the thing that always surprised me mm. when I first started to learn more about German football years ago is that there's not a great deal of affection for Lothar Matthäus, the mm. player, in Germany, mm. because you know we talked recently about the 1974. West German World Cup winning side. Yeah. And, um, you know, players like um, Breitner, for example, thought of as, you know, players with imagination, whereas really Matthias was thought of as raw power and cut from a very different cloth mm. to the 74 side. Now, Matthias was fantastic and hugely important when they eventually went on to win the 1990 World Cup, of mm -hmm. course, West Germany. Driving runs from midfield, you know. But, but yeah. Carrying that, the ball. That, oh. that, that's, that's it. It's, it's, it's really power. And he has a huge influence on this season. And interestingly, I think in terms of perfect ways to win a title, and obviously we've lots of other stuff to talk about, but when they win the title, and as you say, won it with a record number of points, won it four matches before the end of the season, mm. in, in the fifth last game of the season, with four matches to spare, I should say. Um, who scores the winner? Against Napoli, mm. Lothar Mateus. It's quite interesting. He gets a free kick from a decent distance that hits the wall. They decide the wall is, the referee decides the wall has moved too early. And Maradona's there leading the protests at the front. <laughs> um, the, the the free kick is brought forward, um, like right to the edge of what is inside the D actually, mm. and Mateus. There's no sense of we'll curl it, we'll dip it, mm. just smash it to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, Mateus's goal um, proved to to be the winner. It was indicative of 
how important he'd been in the title triumph. And even though um, Napoli hadn't won the title the year before, it was Milan that they were taking the title off. Napoli was still very much in the mix at that point, as was shown by the fact they would go on to to win their, their, their title the year after. So it was a, certainly a, a worthy opponent to beat, to, to clinch a title with plenty to spare. Absolutely, Andy. Absolutely. It's funny when certain teams come along and almost like sort of revolutionise the game or our thinking of the game. And Saki's Milan were one of those teams who were knocking around at the time, of course. And you think the European Cup wins and so on. And we think, oh, that's how you should play the game now. They've cracked it. They've got football's cheat code. And that mm. becomes a thing. And then and tactical styles kind of develop and, and go. And I think nowadays we're still a little bit in that thinking of possession like dominating possession is key. Now, obviously, dominating possession is a very, very effective way to play football. And I think if you can do it, you should do. Some people would argue passionately that's the way to play. And this really, I mean, there's there's a lot, there's a lot of reasons and a lot of coaches that have come along to um, kind of help uh, grow this kind of thinking in football. But Guardiola's Barcelona were the kind of took it to the nth degree, and people believed that's the way you play. That's the way you got to do it. And and again, I understand that. I'm not saying, I'm not necessarily going against that, but there are a few ways to skin a cat, as we know. And Barcelona, one or two of them were a little bit sanctimonious at the time, certainly Xavi and so on. If you didn't play in that style, then, pff, you know, what, what the hell are you doing? And if you can't beat us with the same style, then that's not as worthy or honourable or whatever. I mean, that is nonsense, by the way. What, what I, yeah, the, the viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were saying yeah, that's no. nonsense. How dare you say that about a man like Xavi? Leave him alone to promote Tiki Taka and Qatar for crying out loud. All right? Has he not suffered enough? But, you know, I do think it is important, not so much the style of the time, mm. but continuing in the cultural history of the club. And you think of those great years of Inter, Wonder Herrera. So I think yeah, that, makes, right. that makes an enormous difference. So there's less cultural resistance mm -hmm. to... Trapattoni and, playing like and, that. And who else benefited from that? Mourinho. Yeah. When he was there, when he won the, the treble, not a treble, he won the treble. Credit the, where credit's the, true. The treble. But, but Trapattoni, he wasn't, so basically this is a long-winded way of saying he wasn't that fussed about his side to keeping the ball. Kind of thing. He said, but, 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 not for the sake of it. No. Do something with it. And so actually his style was, they could play quite direct. And in this country, when we hear the word, the word direct in football, we think long balls into the box. Mm. That's just not the case, as Jurgen Klopp would testify to. Yes. And uh, and he said, you know, keeping the ball just for the sake of it can be counterproductive, like a person who talks too much. <laughs> just again, that, that kind of funny sort yeah, of turn of phrase. Perhaps, perhaps, before podcasts were around. Um, he said it's better to have 0% of the possession and 100% of the goals, which is a gloriously old school Italian way of, of phrasing, of thinking about it. You know? I like that. And both in terms of directness and goals, mm. a few players were more important that season than Aldo Serena, yeah. which, I mean, this was the first season where I, I really watched any Italian football. Right. It was, I, I guess it was, yeah, yeah, still a couple of seasons before Serie A, probably three or four seasons before Serie A, uh, Serie A came on, um, on, on Channel 4 on mm -hmm. our, our screens, maybe, maybe even a bit longer. But Serena was a, a, a terrific striker, so direct, mm. 
the key goal for me in his season and probably an inter-season actually to a certain extent is where they beat Milan in the derby and what's the away game and it is like yeah, very direct goal big long diagonal out right I think mm. it's Adamon Diaz picks it up who was crucial to the side so he, he, he was coming in to they were replace, a strike duo weren't they yeah coming yeah. in to replace uh, Rabba Magic mm. who, who they brought over of course a goal eponymously named after him, one of the most famous European Cup goals of all time for um, Porto against Bayern in 8-7 at backheel. He got injured earlier in the start of the season, so they did a deal with Fiorentina to get Diaz across, and mm-hmm. he, he was excellent. And he sort of, um, he's, he sort of, I guess, carves this ball in. And Aldo Serena has made up a lot of ground, absolutely launches himself at it. Mm-hmm. Diving header, glorious goal. Yeah. The winner, and if you look at the numbers of the the, the, the season overall, and it, it hits the twenty goal mark, which is remarkable, is you'd only had of all the Capo Canioneri, the top scorers in Serie A. Mm-hmm. If you go back over the last ten years, only one player had hit the twenty goal mark. So I, I know we can do cliches about Italian defensive football etc until the cows come home the fact is it's bloody difficult to score 20 goals in Serie yeah. A at that time I think it was Michel Platini mm-hmm. did it like a few years before and then you have to go all the way back to 77 really? 78 when Paolo Rossi got, got, got 20 goals yeah strikers did not score 20 goals in Serie A at that yeah. point Oh, incredible. And obviously, yeah, as you say, Serie A's top scorer that season. Um, I mean, I know, sadly, for, for Serena, I'm sure he'd be upset with this. I I, mean, I remember him for the penalty miss in the 1990 World Cup semi-final against Argentina. That was the moment we thought it's never happening for him with Italy. Yeah. And, and it, of course, of course, his career didn't last that much longer afterwards because of injury and whatnot. But, I mean, this was his pinnacle mm, this season. It yeah. was It was magnificent. Yeah, and and by the way, to to have a penalty save from uh, Argentina's goalkeeper Goycachier is is no great shame. He kind of almost sat on the penalty, didn't he? He did, yeah. Uh, like Serena really put his foot through it. Yeah, he did, and it still didn't go in. But fortunately, his teammate uh, into years later, Bremer, would stick one past him at the crucial moment. But uh, yeah, Serena, obviously a good player if he's playing in a World Cup semi final for Italy, uh, and 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 as you say, he's very strong in the air, very athletic. Mm. Um, but could play, play across the front line, but was, was tactically aware. And all these ingredients made him perfect for Trapattoni's system. And I think that's it. That again, maybe the sort of the purists can maybe sort of slightly scoff at some of these things. But you know, don't underestimate what what Trapattoni did. Yes, there was a lot of running. There was a lot of as there is in every great side. There was a lot of industry and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But my goodness, there was a lot of tactical. Um, business going on there. Yeah, there was, but it was also Trapattoni bringing his his personality to bear. Like, yeah, you go back to the start of the season, ditches Passarella, mm. ditches Shifo. Yeah, big and big players these are. As a huge row with Alessandro Altabelli, and then banishes him to Juventus. <laughs> so they're, they're almost, even though, as we said, the competition is absolutely fierce at this time. Mm. Even though it's an incredible effort to. Produce the season they did, not just win the league, but win it with such comfort and in, in, in such style. He had to pull something out of the bag yeah. after after putting those noses out of joint. Yeah, and uh, of course he's one of only five men to have won league titles in four different countries: Italy, Germany, Portugal, and Austria. That Benfica season that was real. 
<laughs> You'll be pleased to know and unsurprised to know that Jose Mourinho is also one of those uh, five men. There we are. Thank you very much for listening to the Teams of Our Lives this week. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Andy Brasser. Thank you. Thank you. Good listeners. See you next week. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.